0: Transportation is a journey connecting us in our everyday lives. This podcast series, TRB's Transportation Explorers, takes you on that journey with meaningful conversations with the experts behind the research. They often have an early eye on how we'll build the transportation of tomorrow.
1: On today's podcast, we'll explore with Dr. Kara Kockleman, a professor of transportation engineering at the University of Texas, Austin. Dr. Cockelman received a PhD in civil engineering from UC Berkeley and is a recipient of several awards, including the James Laurie prize from ASCE, a Google research award, and was voted one of Vulag's top 20 influential women in mobility. Her research encompasses vehicle technologies, emissions, roadway pricing, travel demand, and traffic safety among others. But we're here today to talk with her about gas prices.
0: Welcome to the show, Kara. We're so excited to have you here. We're going to talk about gas prices today. And gas prices are such an interesting and I think uh, misunderstood phenomenon in many ways. If you look at uh, AAA's gas price index, it shows the price per gallon is the highest in California at around $4.20 per gallon. And in states all over the Southern US, prices are sort of around $2.80. That's a pretty big difference. How are prices set and how are they so different from state to state?
2: Well, just like the price of oranges can vary within your Own neighborhood, you know, dramatically from which store you're shopping at and which type of orange you're purchasing. You know, it's not that surprising to me that gas prices would vary that much. Electricity prices vary from about eight cents per kilowatt hour in most locations to about 40 cents per kilowatt hour in Hawaii, I think, and 20 cents per kilowatt hour in California. And part of the reason is the taxation, but also the difficulty in delivering energy to different locations and then the added refining requirements that you'll have in a place that's very concerned about the natural environment like many Californians are.
0: So it really depends what taxes are in a state or what maybe state policies are set are there are there just all these different variables?
2: Absolutely and then there's there's transportation costs you know that can affect uh, they may be able to buy you know, flowers from Ecuador at a much lower price than those of us inland can acquire them because of some of the transportation costs involved.
0: Of course, we know that uh, Americans pay among the lowest gas prices around the globe. What, what accounts for the relatively low gas prices in the U.S., and, and why is there such resistance, do you think, in this country to, to increasing the price?
2: Americans like to keep the economy going strong and energy is a, a key factor of production for a, a lot of different items. And so we've always tried to protect the price of gasoline in the Middle East and the price of petroleum by you know, having our military there and stabilizing that price for Americans. So big investment on our part, but it flows through the military rather than through the gas pump.
0: I would have to suspect that the COVID-19 pandemic has something to do with prices. And people say the prices are increasing right now, and I I think they are, probably just as basic supply and and demand issues, But, but how much do you think COVID has to do with gas prices?
2: COVID has a lot to do with it because of the vaccination rates and so we, you know, saw a big drop in, in gasoline prices. In fact, we had, we were producing too much and didn't have places to store it so you could almost see the price per barrel go negative. Uh, it was a really interesting time uh, that we, we weren't expecting, of course, but now that vaccinations are, are high and people are more confident in their travel. And it's summertime. People haven't been traveling for you know a year and a half, and so they're really excited to get out there. It typically heats up in, in late summer anyhow, so you will see our highest gas prices every year, typically in August.
0: That's true. It does seem like the conversation comes up every year uh, once again when people are thinking about traveling for, for Labor Day. So it sounds like what you're saying, it's it's really much less a political issue than I think at least anecdotally, I hear often, you know, it's Biden's fault, or it's somebody's fault, you know, who's at the, you know, politicians will often say that will say gas prices are up because of, of policy measures or what certain politicians are doing. Is there is there any basis to that? Should politicians continue to say things like that?
2: I've not seen that at all in, in recent history. But of course, you know, when we go into Iraq or something like that, we have big effects on the petroleum markets around the globe or when we cozy up with Saudi Arabia or someplace like that, we have big impacts. So depending on what's going on uh, politically internationally, that can have impacts on the price of crude. That's, it's a, a global commodity. So we don't have much control over it. Of course, fracking has released a lot of petroleum and um, you know Texas is rich in, in oil and gas. And so that's part of the reason that we have lower prices here in the state of Texas than you would see in California where they're not mining a lot of that.
1: You have mentioned uh, several times that you think gas prices should actually be higher for Americans than they are now. That, of course, might deter people away from driving and encourage them to take more sustainable modes of transportation, which sounds like a good thing. However, the federal government and others have argued that increasing gas prices too much would be too much of a hardship for low-income families and even some middle-income families. Could the transportation industry address this lack of access? For example, would you advocate for subsidizing gas prices or some other measure? I think our food
2: stamp program already allows people to purchase a gas or diesel for their vehicles. But I want to remind you that the price uh, of gasoline in terms of the taxation that the, the governments have. So this is a state component and a federal component. The state component's much higher in California than it is here in Texas and most states where it has not moved for 28 years. That's unheralded. Okay. So The reason people are so caught up in the price of gasoline is because the prices are advertised everywhere. As you move around the urban area and between urban areas, there's nothing else like it. The price of milk varies much more than that. You can go into a quickie mart and while you're at the gas station, you could go into a big supermarket. You can go into a Costco or a Sam's club. Tremendous variation right there. If you want to get upset about something, maybe that's what you should get upset about because All of us spend less than $200 a year in gas taxes, unless you're living in California, one of the higher gas tax states. Um, In most states in this country, you are paying less than $200 per year in gas taxes. So that's less than a dollar a day. And if we subsidize transit, that's about a dollar... 50 per passenger mile that we, and, and people travel about 20 miles a day. So, I mean, we'd be spending, you know, dramatically more to try to make that up. It's still less than we pay for bottled water. It's far, far less than almost all other developed countries are, are charging. Uh, you go to Norway, you go to Germany, Japan, even China, they are charging much, much more because it is a hazardous material. You do not want people playing around with this. You do not want them having to to interact with it. Um, you know, it's explosive. It's, it's not something uh, that's good for our lungs or for our environment. So it's always surprising to me that we hardly tax it, whereas we are very willing to tax cigarettes, um, which are equally damaging in many ways. Uh, we're very willing to tax other things.
0: Well, I'd like to just ask, is there something that we've done wrong, maybe historically? Should we not be having gas price prices out on display on, on the streets of America? Or is, is there some better way to communicate or message a lot of what you're saying?
2: Yeah, well, historically, unfortunately, there was a fellow, you know, named Grover Norquist, who got a lot of people to sign a no new taxes pledge. And so that's really hamstrung this country in a lot of ways in a lot of discussions. Uh, So, but yes, I'm not sure what to do about these gas stations that own the corners, you know, that is a very common location. Um, as we move to electric vehicles, it'll be less obvious, I think, but you know, ideally these stations should be adding power cords and allowing us to shift as we really need to, to stay under a 1.5 or 2 degree Celsius warming uh, to avoid really destroying a lot of coastline and a lot of natural places around the world from the, the climate crisis that we're facing.
1: If we did raise the gas tax, that wouldn't be a panacea to stop people from driving. Do you think there's a better option, electric vehicles or something else, for encouraging people to drive less or to use more sustainable transit? People are very responsive to this price
2: at the pump, but adding a $2 per gallon gas tax would be helpful. I would advocate for a caller on the price of gas. So um, you introduce it and maybe Uh, 50 cents per gallon and and moving up, but you never allow it. If you can help it, you reduce that tax when oil markets are unstable around the world and suddenly you're up at $5 per gallon. At that point, you start reducing the tax so that you can keep the price of gasoline in this country relatively stable. I would advocate for that. I, I do need to remind people that the gas tax is less than 125th of what they pay. Um, it's probably less than 150th of what they pay to move around. Most of us pay, you know, 50 cents per dollar per mile to uh, move a vehicle, plus we have our value of time. You know, when you pay two, less than two cents per mile in taxes, uh, which is what most states have, I think in California, it might be more like four cents per mile. It's incredibly low. It's not something that's going to change people's behavior, even if you double it or triple it, quite honestly. We're not talking about doubling or tripling the price of gasoline, just that tax component. And there's lots of other policies you could pursue, of course. I mean, what a lot of states are having to do is something that's much more expensive and administratively cumbersome, which is vehicle miles traveled fee or mileage-based taxes, that's much harder to apply and recover. But from a VMT fee, you could move to a cr- uh, congestion-based fee relatively easily, depending on the dongle that's installed in the vehicle or just simply connected to the onboard port. Uh, we could have more incentives on things like electric bikes. I think bikes are an amazing mode, a kind of a missing mode for a lot of us. Uh, they allow us to go relatively long distances pretty quickly and of course, keep us healthy uh, while, you know, not having any emissions. So um, lots of options out there that I'd love to talk about. Elaine, do you have any favorites? I'm looking at getting an electric bike. I need to do more research. Great, great. Well, land use is also important. So I don't know if if your city has any plans to upzone, but I think two units on what were traditionally zoned as single detached units for single family housing would be really valuable, but it has to be done at a broad area. So across entire cities and counties, ideally so that you don't get pockets of of rent spikes where you upzone. So it really needs to be done uniformly the way Minneapolis has done it. I think Vancouver has some great upzoning um, policies as well. So land use really important to bring those people and places together, making commercial uh, development much more economically efficient and getting the investment you need to allow for origins and destinations to stay close enough that people can walk and bike rather than feeling like they're they're stuck in an automobile to get wherever they
0: need to be. I think you, you got to a lot of the answers to my next question, which was, do you think there are better measures to encourage people to use more sustainable transportation? And I love your, I love your idea of just, you know, just having more charging stations at gas stations that would do a a huge amount of, of walking the talk, you know, of just basically, you don't even have to have a promotional campaign. You just have them there and, and people could use them. I have had an electric bike for, I don't know, four or five years now. And you know, frankly, I don't like to carry my charger around with me because it's heavy and uh, and cumbersome. But if I had a little charging station at those gas stations or in neighborhoods or at work where I could I could refill, that would be really helpful because I the battery does get low. And I think battery technology still still got a ways to go. Do you think there should be incentives, better incentives for buying EVs, uh, electric vehicles or offering more transit for free?
2: Yeah, well, like I mentioned earlier, transit's a, a very expensive option, uh, so I'd love to see more demand-responsive contracting out to a transportation network company, so ride-hailing companies, trip-by-trip, ideally, with ride-sharing. So, you know, like Uber Pool and Lyft Line uh, in, in places where it doesn't make good economic sense to have a big bus or a train rolling through provide that $1. fifty subsidy that we're already paying per passenger mile traveled. And you can more than cover the cost of a lift vehicle because they're charging about $2 per mile for three or four seats in that vehicle right now. And so if you get people pulling and, and willing to pull, you can subsidize. And of course, we couldn't do this with everybody. The bus agencies, the transit agencies would run out of money immediately because it would be so popular. But you could give low-income people 50 miles a week and there there would be delays. It wouldn't be on demand um, the way you and I, when we pay full freight for an Uber Lyft vehicle there, there would be, you know, they might want to call ahead 10 minutes, 20 minutes. I think you know removal of parking minima would also be nice in, in many locations, um, especially if we go to a more shared fleet with self-driving vehicles. We're hoping to see shared and and self-driving or autonomous all-electric vehicle fleets. And crews and Ford and others are, are coming out with these. Of course, Waymo's been doing this in the Phoenix suburbs uh, for a bit. So we've got we've got some exciting futures ahead of us that I think will allow us to a pay per trip, and and that will allow us to be much more thoughtful about the trips in between. So we will be more active in our modes, but we do need those destinations around us. And And so many people have moved into the periphery and to suburbs that are just very homogeneous in terms of land use.
1: So you've talked about a lot of things already. And if you were in charge of federal transportation policy, what two or three policy decisions would you focus on to implement sustainable transportation? Right. Well, I I mentioned the gas tax. That's a really big signal, even though economically,
2: if you did the calculations, it it shouldn't make a big difference. And it it probably wouldn't for for most households. I I would try to move it very quickly up to a dollar per gallon. Um, And right now it's at 40 cents per gallon in most states. I try to to get that that up and then over time allow that to move up. So we're a little bit closer to our peer countries in in Europe and, and Asia Fee baits on vehicle purchases would probably be my second pick. So, vehicles last a long time. So, this is a slower acting policy. We don't uh, scrap our vehicles for about 17 years. So, when you have a fee bait, it means that those vehicles that say get over 50 miles per gallon, which the Prius and, and all electric vehicles do, all plug in electric vehicles do, would pay less because they would be subsidized by those people who are buying uh, vehicles that get less than 50 miles per gallon or 40 miles per gallon. You could start at 40 as your pivot. and move it up to 50. So you're having people who want to purchase guzzlers, they're kind of helping ensure that other people can purchase those more fuel-efficient vehicles. If I was allowed to have a third policy, I think some kind of credit-based congestion pricing because congestion is, is a big issue for a lot of people. D.C. is you know, traditionally one of the worst places, one of the most gridlocked that I've ever experienced. And having everybody, uh, or all adults anyhow, and, and maybe 17-year-olds uh, with a $40 per month, credit to use for transportation, which can be for tolls in the region, or it can be used for e-bike rentals or e-bike purchases if they want to save their credits over several months to put towards that. Transit, of course, and carpools like uh, Waze. Carpool has is a terrific app for this and um, that people are not using enough. But these things already exist to a large extent on our phones and, and, and connect us. And there's just we can fill a lot more seats in the vehicles we have. So I'd love to see that. Those kinds of a real-time pricing signals will help incentivize that shift too, to help reduce congestion, but also to make people think more thoughtfully about their mode choices and their destination choices and their departure time choices.
0: You're, you're right about Washington, D.C. Elaine and I live here, and, and I don't know about Elaine, but anytime I get in my car, my anxiety and anger levels certainly go up. But going back to maybe a little bit before all this, How did you uh, personally, how did you get interested and involved in, in transportation?
1: I was
2: a civil engineering student and I really had no direction. I was just doing what you were supposed to do at that age. And I was so fortunate to see a sign in the corridors of my campus that was advertising a Council of University Transportation Center's fellowship for an undergrad in his or her senior year for $7,000, which was like the whole cost of, you know, tuition and and living um, at that back then. That made me really think about transportation. I had only had one class in it. That's all that they offered. That's all that was required. So it was just so fortunate that I started thinking uh, about all the different facets of transportation and how it's one of the widest disciplines you could be in. So there's no chance of ever getting bored. I mean, you can just migrate from aviation to transit, to land use, to planning, to econometrics, you know, it's just, it's never ends. So really it's, I'm so fortunate that that was offered and, and that I was able to pivot at that point in my life. Um, and I've never regretted it. You know, people ask me, what would I be if I could
1: do it again? There's nothing I'd, I'd rather be doing. That's great. We're uh, talking to the right person then. And what further research do you think is needed on the topic of gas prices? I'd like to see much more investigation of this for a couple
2: papers on specifically the different components, because there's also the, I guess 100,000 or 200,000 people that we lose early every year in this country, maybe five years early, we've diminished their lives because of emissions. And so much of that is diesel and, and coal. Um, so fine particulate matter, but also, you know, volatile organic co- compounds coming off of the gasoline, even when our cars are seated, when they're not even moving, they are off gassing. If you buy an all electric vehicle, you put that in your garage, your garage is going to smell great. You know, as long as you get all the paints out, all those VOCs, you want to get them out of your house if you can, away from your children, away from your own lungs. There's a real cost here and we're not uh, studying it, we're not paying as much attention to it as we we should be. So, I'd love to see the the long term implications and and sort of a costing of that. That would that would be a nice contribution to our our research.
1: And then finally, is there anything else you'd like to add? I mentioned credit based congestion pricing,
2: I, I mentioned how the price of gas is posted everywhere, but if you look at any other commodity that you probably spend a lot more on each year in this country, those prices vary far more dramatically, including electricity. We talked about that five to one difference across US states in the price of electricity. We all spend a lot more on electricity than we do on gas taxes, for example. Um, And we have not raised this federal component of the gas tax in 28 years. That's embarrassing. A lot of it is because of that no new taxes pledge. Uh, That's really hampered us. We also, when we set the tax, it was per gallon rather than as a percentage of price, things like that. There's a lot we could be doing here. I'd I'd love to see us move forward.
0: Dr. Kara Kockleman, it has been a pleasure to speak with you here today. You know, even though we focused on gas prices, I think you are you you're near and dear to our hearts at the Transportation Research Board because we cover everything. There's not something other than what you just suggested. I don't think there's anything we haven't researched practically uh, across all modes of transportation. So it's it's great to hear that you you sort of fell into transportation that way because it is it's got so many modes and it's so cross disciplinary uh, that it is it's an endlessly fascinating space to be in.
2: Yeah, our discipline is so fortunate to have the TRB as part of the National Academies. We we really are. Um, and that TRB annual meeting is just a, a tremendous highlight globally now too. So thank you for being part of that.
1: And thank you for joining us. My pleasure. TRB's Transportation Explorers is a production of the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine. Ben Brown composed our theme music podcast is produced by Paul Mappy and me, Elaine Farrell, and edited by me. Thanks again for tuning into TRB's Transportation Explorers. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. See you next time on The Transportation Journey.